All right, here we go. My name is Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. Is my microphone on? Yeah. Okay. I can't I hear myself. Well. No, now I can. There we go. We're better now? Yep. I can't hear myself either, but I think we... I think yeah. I turned you down. Yeah, don't turn me down, sweetie. Turn me up. Don't bring me down. Don't bring me down. Turn me up more. I still can't hear my voice. No, the ELO, don't bring me down. Don't bring me down. No. Remember that? No. You do. You roller skated to it. No, I didn't. There, that's better. Thank okay. you. Um, so Zen Parenting Radio. Uh, this is episode number 203. Zen Parenting is a radio is a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom and a logical and practical dad. We have three daughters, seven, nine, and 11. But no, seven, t- Technically, it's going to be seven, ten, yeah, and her 11. Yeah, birthday is this Friday. Our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent, but more importantly, to become a better you. And always remember, sweetie, that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Amen. That's exactly what we're going to talk about today. We are, with some heavy content. Possibly. Possibly. I We had talked about having some heavy content, but then we realized that this will be airing the week of Thanksgiving. Can you do a little turkey? Um, I can't do a turkey, but you know what I can do? What? You I, didn't find a turkey? I I am going to celebrate this podcast with one of the be- best movies ever created, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, starring John Candy and Steve Martin. If you haven't seen it, your homework is to watch it anytime between now and Thanksgiving, which mm. is in two days. More homework. That's right. Homework, so, homework. Give me a break. I had no idea those beer cans were going to blow like that. You left them on a vibrating bed. What did you think was going to happen? Yeah, that's Dell and Neil. It's just one of the best movies ever. My friend Chris Hansen, I've said this before, says it's the best movie ever made. I like it. Oh, you're crazy. Well, I've seen it a thousand times. It's heartwarming. Times it's, yes. It's one of the funniest movies How ever. How often do we get all the way through to the heartwarming? at the end usually we're just like watching pieces of it so you never get the well full. that's the thing it's thanksgiving and it's a thanksgiving movie there's a million christmas movies but there's only a few thanksgiving movies and this is the thanksgiving movie for you Del. i don't know if it's on amazon prime i don't know if it's on netflix but it's certainly on itunes get it watch it love it live what it. about the charlie brown thanksgiving special not as good as planes trains and automobiles what about there's other thanksgiving movies come on help me out doesn't matter you don't need to seek if if you have what you need you don't need to seek outside of that thing that oh. you have i'm giving our listeners what they need and that is john hughes john candy and steve martin okay all right so anyway so we're going to talk about uh, some heavier content, I think. A little bit. We're going to talk some relationship stuff. You and I had uh, an interesting few days mm-hmm. about a week ago, mm-hmm. and I think our listeners who are married might be able to derive a little bit of value mm-hmm. as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a heartwarming story for you, okay? which will help, help balance out maybe some of the heaviness. Uh, and then maybe we'll get to that listener's question. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember her? Yes, that's a good question. Is that a good question? So let me just start with the more heavy content. It's not really heavy. It's just a... Do we need to do a disclaimer for the no, mom who No, no, is... I don't think so. I don't think so. I okay. think I'm going to... Here's the thing. I read an article a couple nights ago um, in this week's... Or his last week's Rolling Stone. It has Dave Grohl on the cover. And it's about rape culture in college, uh, in universities. And it's actually talking specifically about one university. Um, it's uh, UVA. Um, but... And that is University of Virginia, right? Arlington, I think. Yeah. And I highly recommend you read it, not because it's an easy read, but because I think... 
we still have a lot of work to do when it comes to, oh gosh, there's so many Let's start with here. this. What is the article about? Well, it's about um, the common, how, how common rape is on campus. Now there. let's talk about rape. Are we talking about, you know, the bad guy um, in the bushes grabbing a girl or is it all about date rape? It's about date rape. And the one um, story that is most focused on is a girl that was on a date with a guy and then he took her somewhere and there was seven other people. Wow. So, and everybody was fully conscious and there was no roofies and everybody was awake and alert to what was going on. Including the girl. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's what I mean. See, we kind of start to water down. And, and these not- are college kids. Yeah. Yeah. And Oops. and here's the thing is we can focus on these kids and they're bad and they're them, them, them. But that's not what you want to focus no, on. No, because here's the thing. Someone's taught them that. That this Someone is okay. has told them that to disparage, disgrace, and to overpower women is not only okay but expected. Mm-hmm. And that they aren't men unless this is the kind of culture that they, you know, unless this is what they do. Now, the disclaimer I will say is not every guy is like this, but it's more common sometimes than we're willing to look at. And instead of focusing just on individuals, Mm -hmm. which needs to be attended to in its own way, that's out of our realm of control, Right. Right. We have to – this is really where it comes down to for me is I also – I was teaching this morning at – Dominican, and one of my students was giving a presentation on how education for her was a total loss because of all these bad things that happened to her. She was hit with rulers in first grade, and she was shamed in second grade, and in third, she was asked why she was so stupid. And it was a really heart-wrenching story to listen to and also to recognize that she is one of so many. Now, when I say that, again, the disclaimer is not all teachers are like that, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean her story isn't true. You know, we can't just be like, well, it shouldn't be like that, so let's not look at it. And what she said is in first grade, I remember my teacher saying to me, this is what was used on me, so that's why I'm using it on you guys, because it worked for me. And my comment, as Todd and I, as Todd always says, did it really work for you? Mm-hmm. How is that working for you? Because basically what you did was you integrated, you put that shame and that fear and that pain inside of you, and now you're spreading it around. Right. So this teacher had a boy or girl, I don't even know if it was- I, It's a male. Had no self-awareness in, in, in knowing whether or not they are evolving as a human being and making good decisions. They think that the way they turned out is the way that these younger people should turn out when in fact this guy is shaming- first graders. So obviously he's unconscious. Completely unconscious in so much pain. And this is the way that, you know, and I usually use swear words when I say this, but he's spreading his pain around. Mm -hmm. And what I get so, there's so many things that have happened this week where people that I care about dearly and people that I don't know very well, or people that I teach are sharing these stories with me. And it's just people in pain, not acknowledging it, dealing with it, talking about it, healing it, and then spreading it on to other people. So this shows up in big ways, Mm -hmm. meaning in these things that are happening on college campuses and in classrooms. And we look outside and we say, oh, yeah, those are all bad things. But then we don't realize how in our own home, Mm -hmm. we aren't healing our own pain 
and then we end up spreading it around again. Yeah. So it, it's not always big picture. We like to point and we like to say it's other people, it's not me, mm-hmm. but we have to really work on cleaning up what's going on inside of us and the the, the pain and the fear and um, the things that have happened to us that were not okay and start talking about it and healing it because then we can be with people, teach people, and most important, parent our children from that heart-centered, real place. So here's the question. The way the terminology I use is that these people are unconscious. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for somebody unconscious to look inward. It's easier to point. So my question is, what is the catalyst that's mm-hmm. going to help wake these people up? And the, and I'm saying these people, I am sure, unconscious. all of us, right? We are all unconscious in, well, different, in different, ways different ways or different degrees or di- different amounts of time during the day. Consciousness is a spectrum, right? Just like everything else is a spectrum. You are you, there's the the people who are highly enlightened, the mm-hmm. Gandhis of the world, right? And then there's people who are completely in the deepest sleep they've ever been in, right? And then on that continuum is some con- is different awakenings, right? And you know, and and it goes in phases and it goes in waves. Um, and so the answer to your question is we have to live it mm-hmm. if we want to create change. We have to, and like me, like I, you know, I came in from teaching this morning. I started just telling Todd how angry certain things make me and how sad it makes me when these people are abused. And, you know, because this girl who was um, telling this story in her presentation, I actually stopped her at the end and I said, let's be clear about language here. What happened to you wasn't education. You were abused. So be clear about that language with yourself because that allows you to then grieve it. Rather than say the educational system is broken, which pieces of it Mm -hmm. are broken, but instead of saying point the finger at education – Look at your situation and realize you were abused. Yeah. And if you can grieve that, then we can do some work. Yeah. Then we can actually start to make some change. And I'm not saying she was the problem. I'm saying she can start to heal from that pain. Right. Well, and here's my thing. This is a parenting show. And I feel like the – I don't know what the ter- the correct terminology is in our style of parenting. But I just feel like you and I are flawed human beings just like everybody Absolutely. else. And, and we – look at ourselves much more often than we try to guide or direct our children. That doesn't mean that we don't help them. We don't guide them. We don't uh, sometimes, you know, challenge them. But most of the time we're looking at ourselves. You know what? I've got a great story. This just happened this morning and this was purposeful. So one of Todd's buddies gave him this awesome shirt that says, it's so interesting because Todd met this guy and he creates these shirts that say, always be. and Always be generous. generous, Always always be. be. And it is great because that's my buddy Zach. And our company is called BU. And so it's such a great shirt that connects to what we do. And one thing that Zach told you, and I'm going to paraphrase Zach sure. if you're hearing this, but he said, I don't like to lecture to people about how they should be. What I like to do is present this shirt or have them wear it and when or or I wear it and when they say when they see always be generous, they can in themselves come up with a way to be generous right. because he trusts that people all have that inside of them. Right. Just like we were talking about how last week, Skylar, when you know I was talking to her about gratitude, I didn't say you need to become more grateful. Something's wrong with you. What's wrong with you? I said gratitude already lives in you. Which would have been a very easy thing to do when that happened. And 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 for all of you who do that, I, I sorry to say this, but that's shame. Mm-hmm. You're telling them that they're not good enough. And, and it's that, what and and I won't get the specifics, but our daughter showed, um, you know, 
acted. How do I say this without throwing her under well, the bus? I think she just acted seven. Mm-hmm. Do this, mm-hmm. do that, right. do this. You know, one thing I love is um, sometimes I watch the conversations with a two-year-old on Huffington Post. You know, those yeah. those YouTube yeah. clips of um, it's a grown man. Yeah. Acting out what his two year old or now his now he's a three year old. I yeah. don't know if you've seen the she. most recent ones. She's a three year old, but he's a grown man oh, right, acting right. out yeah, how yeah, she yeah. talks. Yeah. And what makes it so funny is you realize as an adult, the way a child talks would never fly. Right. Because it's like, no, mm. I'm not going to be doing that. Right. You know? And that's what she's doing. She's not wrong. Mm. She's just that's where she is in her stage of development. Yeah. Our goal is is not to shame her and make her feel like crap about who she is, but to say, listen. It's the wolves thing again. You got all these pieces that live inside of you. You've got gratitude, generosity. You've also got some anger and some fear and some challenge. You know, they all live, and you got to decide where you're going to pull things from. Mm-hmm. And so when you start to notice that things you're saying are hurting people, you recognize, oh, I need to go inside and try another thing mm-hmm. because you don't need to reach outside of yourself. You already have it. Right. And to me, and maybe these are my own childhood things, that would have helped me so much because I, you know, and again, this isn't really about, you know, I'll talk about education. When it, you know, when a teacher is saying you need to work harder or you need to do better or you're not studying enough, what they're basically saying is you're not smart enough. Right. And instead if they said, you know, which as I've told you this story many times, my teacher finally when I was a junior in high school said to me, just so you know, you're really bright. So you're supposed to be in this class. You know that, right? Right. And I went from a B minus to an A in two months. Just like that. You want to know why? Because I already had it in me. I just needed someone to believe in me. And children need that. And this is – we could go down the path of grit and, you know, all that kind of stuff that can be helpful but harmful. Right. But my point is, is going back to Zach's story is what he realized is that having generous, be generous on a shirt is more powerful because a person gets to decide. Well, it comes from inside of them. Instead of somebody saying, hey, you be Be more generous, generous, forget it. And I know from Zach's story, he had people in his life that told him how to be. And he told, we had men's group last night and he told a story about how somebody in his life Uh, told him how to be and how he felt like minimized as a result of it. So he's, Zach's done some different things. He's like, I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to put an idea out there for anybody to grab that wants to grab like this podcast, you know, this is out there for anybody to grab. And you, you guys, if you feel like this show is helping you, it's not because we're great people. It's because you're doing the work. We simply facilitate that work. It already lives in you. Everything we're saying, you already know. So when you nod your head and you go, yes, it's not like, Ooh, Kathy and Todd told me that you already knew it. And that piece of you is being, you know, woke up Mm -hmm. and you're giving recognition to that piece. And, you know, what I said to Todd this morning when he was talking about Zach was that I've taught a lot of things in my life. You know, I've taught in elementary schools and adults and, you know, all these things. And what I realized at this point in my life, the only thing that I feel super comfortable teaching is people's self-awareness and how to be themselves. Mm -hmm. Because that's the only thing I can do with pure authenticity. And this is just me. Mm -hmm. Because what I'm saying to someone is I'm not telling them how to be. I'm saying go inside and figure out who you are. I can help you with that process. But I can no longer say to people, here's how you do blah, blah, blah. Well, and that's the thing. To make it like cleaner and more black and white, it is don't tell me who to be. Mm -hmm. And what do we do as parents to our children? We tell them who to be. We tell them who to be. 
Don't tell me how to act. Yeah. Show me. Show me. Remind me. Right. Like that's the thing is we, again, get into that passiveness thing where we'll say, well, you know, I'm just going to let my kid run all over the place. You can say to them that tone you used, here's how that affected me. Right. That, here's how it affected the person you were with. But if you pull from that place inside with a tone that's lighter or, you know, the way that mom talks to dad or whatever, but you have to be able to role model that. Right to say that to your children with authenticity. Right. Because if you're yelling at them all the time and you're yelling at your spouse all the time and you're telling them to be kind, that doesn't jive for them. Mm. They don't see how those pieces come together. You're telling me to be something that I can't see. Right. And it doesn't mean it's not possible for them because many people come out of homes uh, of dysfunction and they learn, they, yeah. they, they pull it out of themselves yeah. in, in their own way. Right. Um, you know what's unfortunate, Todd, when you were asking about how do people learn this? A lot of times they have to learn it through pain. Yes, and you don't have to. You don't have to. That's the thing. You're, you might get the lesson, but it might be through a lifetime of hating your brother, or it might be a lifetime of uh, regretting something. Loss. You, you don't regret. have to wait for those things no, to happen. You don't. You like don't. I, I've told the story a million times on the show, but we had a coach, and I wasn't sure I needed a coach. She's like, I said, I don't think I need you because my life is good. And I don't want to, I don't need to work on myself. I got a wonderful wife. I got beautiful children. And she said something that I'll never forget is now is the time when you work on yourself because when those crises do happen, you have no time. You don't have, you're, you're busy working on crisis. So anyways. And again, people get really caught in ego when we say work on yourself. You're fine as you are. Mm -hmm. You don't need to work on yourself and like strive more and achieve more. See, that's your old pattern of thinking what it means. You get to, this is an opportunity. You get to say, gosh, I always get mad at my brother. Mm -hmm. What is that all about? Where does that come from? And that actually leads into our discussion last weekend, if you want to go there. Uh, Actually, I want to do this first. I hailed a cab on Park Avenue this afternoon, and uh, before I could get in it, you stole it. You're the guy who tried to get my cab. (laughs) I knew I knew you, yeah. You scared the bejesus out of me. (laughs) Come to think of it, it was awful easy to get a cab during rush hour. Oh, Dell. So our first partner is uh, Dr. John Kelly. He... um, works on all five of our teeth, but he does some special things for our 11-year-old and our 10-year-old regarding um, straightening their teeth in a different way than the typical braces. So I invite our listeners to check out Dr. John Kelly. The website is chicagodentistonline.com and the address is 5350 West Devon in Chicago. We go to him from Elmhurst. He's that good. And the phone number is 773-631-6844. So let's talk about last week. Okay. I had, um, there's certain days where I am the best husband slash father in the world, and there's other days where I'm not. Last Saturday was one of those days where I kind of let you do most of the work, even though it was kind of a, a team day. Like during the week, I'm working and yeah, you're Yeah, our kinda, roles are a little easier you, to understand. Yeah, our, yeah, during the week, you're kind of running the household. I mean, I help, yeah. but you're the one that's kind of running it. But on the weekends it's much more ambiguous. And that's my opportunities to step up. And last Saturday, I did the opposite. I stepped back. And I'll set this up even more in that, you know, sometimes that happens, you know, you kind of ebb and flow with how much energy you got on the weekend. But Todd happened to travel Thursday and Friday. Mm -hmm. So he was gone Thursday, Friday, and then Friday night, we had a BU workshop. And, you know, so 
he had already been gone and then we went into teaching and then the next morning we had like three or four things and he um I was absent. He was physically there but absent. And it was weird like I I you know and we talked about this but it really felt because he he seemed I'm saying seemed because this is the way my lens started to you know things started to I started to look through a lens of you seemed so fine with it. Mm-hmm. And that's where I realize I'm putting on old glasses mm-hmm. and I'll get into what that means more in a second. But we had to get up early and he didn't. So I did. And then he decided to stay home and I took the girls. And then, and then you clean the house while I showered. And things were just kind of going on and he seemed kind of at peace with it. Kind of like, but then it was interesting because we talked about this in our discussion, but anytime that you're saying to your significant other over and over again, thanks for doing everything. Mm-hmm. Thanks Which for, is what I was doing. You kept saying that to me like Friday night. Thanks for doing everything. Saturday morning, thanks for doing everything. And when we finally discussed it, I said, anytime you're saying that to me more than once, that's a good personal check of why am I saying that? Right. Why am I continuing to tell this person thanks for doing and it? And from my point of view, I was too lazy last Saturday to do anything about it. So I gave you the only thing that I had in me, which is gratitude. Right. And you know, to your point, if you say it four times in the same day, which I kind of did, yeah. hey, that might be a, sim- a, a sign that you're not pulling your weight. And it starts to feel empty mm-hmm. because really what you're doing is using words to to push through something. Right. And that's what we teach our kids to do, right? right? We tell them, just apologize to this person even though you don't feel it. Yeah. And there's no feeling yeah. in, in the words. In the words. You just want to say the words. Kind of as a I appreciate the acknowledgement mm-hmm. because again, everything as we talked about. Better than nothing, show, but not close to where it needed to be. Exactly. Like stages. Like for some people, mm-hmm. just acknowledging it would be huge, yeah. right? But we're you know, we've done so much so many things. We're kind of beyond that. And so this went on and then Sunday morning, I I went to bed Saturday night not feeling very good about how the last 36 hours had gone because I was going into old pattern of overcompensating, being a martyr, feeling naggy. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and I'll just give one example of what happened. I was cleaning the house after being gone in the morning and blah, blah, blah. And I went up and Todd said, well, it, it was even the way you said it, you go, I'm going to take, go take a shower. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in charge of when you take a shower. Right. And I was like, okay. And even that felt uncomfortable. And then you were gone for like 45 minutes. It was a nice long, hot shower. And so I went and knocked on the door. It's still kind of in a good place Mm -hmm. to say, dude, people are coming in 20 minutes. And you said, you turn around, you go, what, am I in trouble? Mm -hmm. And even that makes my stomach a pit because I'm like, I don't want to be your caretaker. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be getting you in trouble. I don't want to be nagging you. I want... And you know the scene that you need to pull up for this discussion, right? Which one? The lemons. Oh, I'll see if I can find it. So while Todd is looking for it, the example, one of the most profound examples in a movie that's not really that great of a movie, but we uh, talk about it a lot anyway, is a movie called The Breakup with Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston. And there's a scene at the beginning when they're still together. And she asks him to get her lemons because they're having a It's uh, two minutes long. Are you up for it? It's that important. It, it really is. You know what? I'd rather they do it than me. Gortz is the right-hander. Will Holman, the lefty. Gary? Yeah. Oh, come on. Really? You got, you got three lemons. What my baby wants, my baby gets. You know that. No, but I, I wanted 12. Baby wanted 12. Why would you want 12 lemons? Because I'm making a 12-lemon centerpiece. So no one's actually even eating them? They're just they're show lemons? Yeah. 
factor to show lemons. Shown in the center of the table. Glad you find that amusing, but I cannot fill a vase with only three lemons. Well, can't you just use, like, maybe a, a drinking glass? I could use a well, drinking... you can have a smaller uh, version of a centerpiece. I'm not going to use a drinking glass for our centerpiece. You know what? So he's drinking beer, watching a ball game. And he's been at work, and, and as ha- she's been at work all day, yeah. and they have a dinner party, and she's doing everything. Yeah. So this was kind of like our this, life last yes, Saturday. Yes. But I wasn't drinking beer, watching a ball game. No, you were not. So here we go. I got an idea. Why don't we go ahead and scratch the, the uh, centerpiece idea all together? Because the chicken that burnt my mouth could maybe use a little bit of lemon on top of it. Guess what? Now we made a better meal versus something visually nice to look at. What are you do- What's happening here? What are you doing? What are oh, you doing? I, I, I had such a long day on the bus. I am. Ex- I need a little bit of downtime. My feet are killing me. Come on, my feet are I'm killing exhausted. me too. I worked all day. Went to the market. I cleaned this entire condo, and then I've been cooking for the last three hours. Come on, help set the table. Sweetheart, what? you've done such a great job already. Why don't, don't you want to finish it yourself and have that personal power, that accomplishment? Set the table. Listen to me. Do you think that when Michelangelo, right, was painting the 16th chapel? That he said, hey, guys, you know, I did pretty good on the first 15 chapels, but why don't you help me design this one? And maybe you could help me uh, give me a brush, and you guys can grab brushes, and we can all make a great chapel. Uh-uh. No, he didn't. And you want to know what the results were? A masterpiece. Okay. Um, it's, it's the Sistine Chapel, not the 16th. And I bet when Michelangelo asked for 12 brushes, they didn't bring him three. Yeah, okay. All the talking is really starting to drain me, and now... I'm going to have to watch the highlights later to see what I missed here. That's wonderful. Well, and it doesn't even get to the part. The fight. The big they fight. a really big fight. Where what she finally says is, you know, I don't want to have to ask you to get me the lemons. I don't want to have to ask you to help me clean the kitchen. I just want you to understand how important it is. And a lot of, you know, the the old, the old school men response is, well, you know, Either they have a feeling they shouldn't have to do it mm-hmm. because that's not their role yeah. or they should say, well, I'm not supposed to read your mind, which there's a truth to that. Right. We have to speak. But why Why is there a belief system that we both go to work and we both are on all day but that we're going to come home and do everything? Yeah. It's like an ingrained no, it's, feeling. No, it's really hard because in Vince Vaughn's character in this movie, she's like, I want you to, to want, want to take me to the opera. Right. And he doesn't. He wants to take her to uh, Michigan football games. So as a guy, it's just – that's really hard. I mean the only way to process that is to look inward. Yeah. But if you're not looking inward, that makes no sense. Like you're asking me – to have a want that I don't have. So it's really a definition of what's going on in their relationship. It is. And to broaden it a little bit, she is going to these football games with him and probably having a ball. Having, right. You know, I love to do that kind of stuff, but she's doing it because she knows he loves it. Right. And, and he's, not being, he's not reciprocating. He's not reciprocating. And it's not about... It's a one-way train Exactly. There. And there's this fear of losing power or mm-hmm. something. If I take my, my significant out of the opera, then other people are going to... I won't feel good about who I am as a man or I don't even know what it is. I don't want – because I think it's different for everybody. But it's interesting. You know, we were playing the music game, which maybe you guys will learn about someday on Friday night <laughs> with our friends Manisha and Chris. And one of the songs that Manisha played was a Bruno Mars song. Um, 
and it's it's the whole Bruno Mars song is about I should have bought you flowers, I should have taken you dancing, I should have done these things. I knew that's what you wanted, but I decided not to do it because I got complacent and right. I thought you should just like what I do. Right. And now she's with someone else, mm-hmm. and he's looking at it in hindsight, going. Why didn't I knew what she wanted, but we get stubborn and egoic? Well, that's the thing. Love, as I've said on this podcast before, is not a feeling. Love is a verb. Yeah. And Vince Vaughn loves Jennifer Aniston in this movie, it, the feeling part. Sure. But he's not doing right. any of the work. It's There's no action. He's right. not showing it. He just has this feeling that he thinks is going to just get to her and it doesn't it falls short and the thing is is he may have learned that in his own home again these are fictional characters but he may have learned that he may have seen that he may be surrounded by men like that and that's why we can't just always look outward we've got to like what is the best thing for me if I want to stay in this relationship instead of modeling after people who are not doing it well what can I do and so here's the piece the feminine piece uh, ladies that I had to take ownership of because this isn't all one sided is that when I finally did talk to Todd on Sunday morning, I said everything I felt about the day. And something important is I didn't wait a week. I didn't wait three days. In the morning, here's how I'm feeling. And and but here's here's some of my baggage. He was asleep, and I felt bad waking him up. Right. I was like, oh, I shouldn't wake him up. He needs to sleep. Whereas I am wide awake because I'm worried about these things. I'm putting his needs before mine. And the only reason that I chose to wake him up is I happened to click on. Pinterest. I I never go on Pinterest. My niece does Pinterest for Todd and I. And I happened to go on because I just didn't know what to do with my time. And there was a message from Todd's mom Mm. who passed away two or three months ago. She must have sent it a long Long time time ago. ago, And it said something like, you need to be courageous. And I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm waking up your son. Well, and that's the thing. It's the path of least resistance. I think many of us say, well, I don't want to fight, so I'm not going to do it. And if you do that enough times, things build and build and build. Then you're talking divorce. That's right. So you had the courage to not take the path of least resistance, have a heavy discussion. And how comfortable was that discussion? It sucked. It sucked. It sucked really bad. It sucks. I mean, you're basically like shining a mirror to me saying- What's going on with you? Right. And I didn't really have much of an answer other than it was just a really bad 36 hours. And my feelings are I don't feel very empowered either because what I feel is all those fears of what women carry. Am I being naggy? Mm. Am I being too needy? Am I um, seeing this clearly? Is he going to not love me as Mm. much because this is who I am? So interestingly enough, in this situation, Todd, he had plans. He was going to the Bears game. So he was gone all day. And when he got home, the air still didn't feel clear. The energy was heavy. The energy was still heavy. And we can both feel when it just didn't resolve. Right. You guys can feel, you know, when you're in an argument, you feel the resolution. That's energy. I think there's people in marriages that feel that way all the time. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because basically that energy is stagnant then. And I could feel it. And Todd kept saying, I still feel sad. And my language was, it's still in the air. So we had another talk. And in this talk, I totally broke down and cried and cried and cried and cried and did my kid cry, which is not easy to watch, and just said all these things about feeling alone and lonely and just everything that is in the deepest part, my lonely girl that lives inside of me and, you know, the girl who doesn't get seen because she lives in me. Um, And then when we were done, it it did resolve. The air resolved. But what I was able to tell over, Todd over time, over time, over the course of the day, yeah. we went to lunch. It we did some resolved. things to try to. And what a great thing for you to say after all of that, and after all my tears, and you were able to. Todd was able to listen 
and not get defensive, even though I could tell you were uncomfortable. Terribly uncomfortable. Um, you didn't get defensive. And then when I was all done, you said, let's go to lunch mm-hmm. in a little bit. And that's so helpful because it that's an energy shifter. Yeah, right. But then what I what I knew in the moment, but I couldn't say right then was all that sadness that was coming up, that wasn't about Todd. That was old stuff. And Todd's behavior re-triggered that in me. And so my response to him was huge right. because I was responding to all my old pain mm-hmm. and the pain in the moment. And But what you said was all the things I said were true. So you didn't like no. try to retract everything you no, said. No, it was all true. It was all true and it was all meaningful. Mm-hmm. But your response was bigger than the behavior. The, the crying that I did wasn't all about you. Because as a husband, I could have said, why is this such a big deal? I'm a good dad almost every other day or a good husband and you're melting down. I didn't do that. Right. Because one, you believed this. Right. So I listened. And secondly, I just knew that this was coming from a little bit different place. But the next day, you shared that with me. And you know what? That's the thing that is that I love that you could see that. You can see, by the way, I talk and cry mm. who's talking. Right. And when I am in that crying space of where I'm saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and I'm crying and I'm sobbing, my head's on the table, that's me at 10. Right. That is not. And what I'm doing, though, is I'm healing right. that pain from 10 because I'm able to speak. Right. And say, you're not listening to me. You don't see me. I feel alone. And so it wasn't, it's not something I would ever hold back doing. Right. My gift is, is that you understand. Yeah. And so you don't take on all those, all that emotion I'm putting out there and thinking that that's all about you. Your behavior, which was real, triggered a deeper place in me. Right. And my response was that I said, Kathy, I just feel so sad. And when people that I love are disappointed in me, I went back into child. Right. And you you get a little stunned. Right. And I just feel awful. And I wish there was something I could, I could snap my fingers and make it better. So, but I have to sit in this discomfort and I just feel like I'm 10 years old again. Yeah. We were both 10. We were our kids. And that is, that was my response because, and my response is, for lack of a better term, a little bit numb. And you as a wife could have said, why aren't you more upset about this? And you've never done that to me. And I think a lot of women ask their husbands why they're not behaving differently or or feeling differently, but you accept me with all of my baggage. And the thing that we have to understand is what I believe about partnership, and this is in friendship and as a parent too, but for Todd and I, is you come together with someone purposefully to heal things from your past. There are reasons that you choose certain people in your life, and you do that to heal certain things, and and in sometimes you don't know what those things are initially because you're caught up in the passion and the romance or whatever, but then when you settle into more of a a marriage and a partnership, you start to see how things, you get these opportunities to heal things where I can say, I feel alone. My 10-year-old says, I feel alone. And Todd says, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And that 10-year-old gets that opportunity to be healed. Or I, even if Todd doesn't say you're not alone, 
I listen to that 10-year-old yeah. and I parent that inter- that inner 10-year-old and say, you're not alone. Right. I'm here for you now. So it's not always about external, right. but when external is part of it, that's great. So the volunteer homework for our listeners is, can you think of any times when you went back into child, mm-hmm. Any whether it's an argument with your husband or your boss or your wife or whatever, and, you know, just see if any of this that we're talking about resonates with you. Because I think that this is not an easy thing to own. No, and we had to wait a good nine days to talk about this. Oh, this for had sure. to kind of resolve. We did a show yeah. um, later day that day, yeah. and we weren't about to no. touch the subject because we weren't ready to talk about Mm-mm. it. Uh, but now that there's been a little bit of clarity, a little bit of resolution, some energy has shifted. Well, and then what happens is it's not all about, ooh, we got through that. I feel better and stronger. Mm-hmm. Don't you? Right. I mean, yes. you feel like fuller and stronger mm-hmm. and these pieces that are broken start to integrate again. Right. And every time you speak your truth and sit in that discomfort and get through it, you heal. Yeah. So when at the beginning of the show, when we were talking about heal yourself, mm-hmm. you got to sit in that discomfort sometimes. You got to ask for what you need. You got to say, I'm uncomfortable. And that people that talk about a path of least resistance, like you said, it's not a common pattern in our society. But it looks, the thing is the path of least resistance is always like the easy way out. But when in fact, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, it's actually the harder the way harder to way do out. it. That's right. Um, so, anyways, so the harder way. I've never seen a guy get picked up by his testicles before. <laughs> Lucky thing for you, that cop passed by when he did. Otherwise, you'd be lifting up your schnuts to tie your shoes. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's terrible. Do you have any idea how glad I am I didn't kill you? Don't you have any idea how glad I'd be if you had? Oh. <laughs> Um, so our second partner is Dr. Kelly from the Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, and she adjusted us, was that yesterday? Tuesday. Tuesday. So thanks, Dr. Kelly. Uh, the number is 630-941-8733, and the um, website is com. And a few things that she has in her November newsletter, she talks about fevers and being fatigued at the end of the day and forget yourself and serve others. So it's pretty cool. She always has some inspiring stuff on her newsletter. So I encourage you and invite you to sign up at carotree.com. So, um, so now we talked about our bad, my bad day last Saturday. <laughs> um, the bad day that actually became a good day. That's right. Um, do we want to talk about this uh, lady's question? Well, I, I don't know. Cause I wanted to talk a little bit about gratitude too. How much time do we have? Not a lot. Um, tell me the question again. Is this Liz's question? Yes, I think so. Okay, give me – don't read the whole thing. Just give me the gist because I think I can um, – it's about the dating thing, right? Um, do, do, do. You know what? I don't have it. Where is it? I'm writing with – she was talking with me one afternoon in the car and said, okay, this is awkward and I don't want you to freak out or anything, but I like Matt and he, Matt likes me and I think we want to go on a date. Is that okay? I mean I'm not sure if it's a date. I like him, and he told Lindsay he likes me, but I'm not sure it's an actual date. We want to go see the Hunger Games movie. So she said, I was very proud of myself and stayed very calm. The mom did. The mom did. I'm wondering if I'm too, if I'm too calm for her. I know this boy. have met him several times, and they've been friends for over two years. Now, one of the first questions I asked myself was if I'm okay with her going on a date. Will her dad be okay with this? And my gut reaction was, yes, I'm okay with it. And when I told her dad, he was okay with it too. So here's my fear. And my question, am I not worried enough about the start of this new world we are heading into? What things should I be worried about or should I phrase be concerned about? What am I not thinking about? We have what I think is an open relationship, uh, but she does get embarrassed talking to me about boys and sex. We've had conversations about values, beliefs, 
but I wonder if it's enough. Basically, I'm concerned that I'm not freaking out about this and wondering if you could suggest some things. Absolutely. So the first thing is, is the belief system that being worried or freaking out is somehow helpful. And we've all been taught that. So this isn't like just throwing Liz under the bus. We've all been taught that if we really want to get something done, we better worry about it. We better let our mind just go crazy with it. And we better think about every worst case scenario and we better address every worst case scenario or things will not work out well. And actually, it's the opposite. What you focus on grows. So if you chose, choose to focus on your worry and you choose to pull up more worry, even when there isn't something to be concerned about, you're going to see it because you're going to be wearing lenses of fear and you're going to look at things that way when she comes home and says things to you, you're going to be thinking, but what if A is happening? What if B is happening? So the glasses you wear when you talk to her will be negative and fear-inducing. Not only will you feel that way, but then everything you say to her will be based in fear. You will try to maybe tell her what to do or how to do it instead of acknowledging and recognizing that if you have been talking to her and communicating with her 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 whole life about who she is and, you know, choices she's made and, like you said, the morals and the values, she's got it Mm -hmm. inside. That doesn't mean she's going to do it perfectly. She needs you to support her. But the best thing you can do for her is say the fact that you came to me and you're talking about this because you said, Liz, in the in what you wrote there, that she doesn't always do that. Yeah. So how courageous is your daughter for sure. to say that to you? This how, is a good thing. How long did it take her to say that to you? And all of a sudden, she had this burst of courage and shared this with you. And it sounds like you handled it beautifully. But what she needs to hear is, I am so impressed with your courage. I am so impressed with your bravery to talk to me. And I am going to be brave. And I am going to trust in you and your choices. And your dad and I see you as a powerful, confident, intelligent, and I'm not talking book smart. I'm talking emotionally, emotionally smart. smart woman, you know, young woman. And what I want to be here for you is the person who supports you. So when you aren't sure what to do, because that's going to happen, mm-hmm. you know, we got to say to our kids, you're going to get in some situations where you go, I don't know what to do. That's where I come in. So instead of me looming over you with worry and fear, I'm going to stand back because I trust you. Yeah. But then when you get stuck, come to me. I mean, imagine that. Like she's going to be like, Whoo. I think that was pretty good. Yeah. And, and I feel like it, when your kids come to you about grades, when they come to you about friendships, when they, this is the conversation. They are so brave mm-hmm. to come to you. And if you shut it down with worry or fear or how do I create more guilt in them or, or, or discipline or, or punishment discipline, or whatever, or create, a, you know, how do I, and again, she's being very honest. Like I feel the way she does sometimes too. Yeah. So, but if I freak out, then that's going to teach them something. No, right. You, what you're teaching them is how to freak out and not trust themselves. So Liz, your calmness in the car, that was your heart-centered, authentic place. Then your brain took over and decided you need to worry because society has taught you that. Go back to your heart. Go back to that place that was able to remain calm and trust who your daughter is. You've done a great job. This is for Liz. Good job, Liz. Nice job, Liz. Sweetie, that was good. That was good advice. Hmm. And if I asked you what you just said, you probably wouldn't know. Mm -mm. Um, So here's my inspiring story of the week. Um, What's the name of it? Uh, English soulmates die 10 minutes apart Mm -hmm. after a lifetime of love. A devoted English couple died just 10 minutes apart after 65-year romance that started in their teen years. In their final final days, Harry and Mavis Stevenson had been living in St. Werberg's house care in Derby because she had fallen ill and they could not stand being apart. 
Stevenson's family was not surprised when Mavis passed away on November 3rd at 89, but was shocked when her 88-year-old husband, who was in good health, shed a few tears and died by her side just minutes later. Amazing. Um, just a, some stories about uh, Harry. He stormed the beach at Normandy on D-Day to help liberate continental Europe from Hitler's clutches and was shot in the hand while battling the Japanese in the Pacific. Um, Criswell said the nurses told Harry that she had died. They want, Then they walked out of the room only to find him d- dead minutes later. Amazing. That's the way I want to go, sweetie. After I do? Well, I don't care who goes first, but, you know, just shortly thereafter. I know. I know. Well, and that we live a long... Full 65 years of romance. Life. God bless those people. Yeah. You know what I bet they did? Hmm. I bet they shared their feelings. I'll bet you they worked on themselves (laughs) and didn't point their finger at other people. And also remember, you know, something I do sometimes when I think about the future is I get worried, like, can I sustain the internal work? Can I, can I all, can I be myself? What if I fall and I, and I'm not myself? What if, you know, I get fear just like we all do. And this is where I love the whole, you know, 12 step idea of one day at a time, just bring the light, be the light, be yourself today. Mm -hmm. And that's all I have to do. And with you, love you, be honest with you, be truthful recognize you, have gratitude for you, but also love myself in that process. If we can do that daily, then that's where you end up. And be cool. And keep trucking. Do you feel this vehicle is safe for highway travel? Yes, I do. Yes, I really do. I I, I believe that. I know it's not pretty to look at, but it'll get you where you want to go. All right, that's our last quote. So the Selfware Holiday Virtual Retreat on December 1st, what do you know about that, sweetie? I think you should sign up. It starts next week. So if you're listening to this, it starts next week, and we're going to be doing a full push the week of Thanksgiving, which this is, And um, because we've got amazing people who are already in. So if you want to be surrounded by people who are who believe in in something Abundance. bigger. Yeah, they believe in in taking care of themselves and loving people and gratitude and not being anxious and worry-filled and actually enjoying this life that we've been given. Join this retreat because you'll be surrounded people from all over the country. Yeah. I mean, they're from all over the place. I love it. There's actually fewer people in Illinois than there are everywhere else. So jump on and um, sign up, go to... Cap- so the, the retreat is virtual. There's nothing to schedule, nope. nowhere to be. Uh, you get a one of your books. Yep, you that- get a free book. Um, emails will be sent to you every day or every other day. We have exclusive Zen Parenting Radio podcasts, which is not open to the public. Facebook page, which is one of the funnest parts of the retreat for us. And then you're able to gift the retreat to somebody for, for free. free. Um, and then don't forget about Todd's man piece. And you know, it's <laughs> Carrie, one of our friends wrote on Facebook the other day, I can't wait to hear Todd's man piece. And she wrote it P-I-E-C-E. And I said, Carrie, it's P-E-A-C-E. So what is Todd's man piece all about? It's going to be this masculine perspective of there's often more women on these retreats than men. But for the men who join, which I hope you do, Todd is going to share a perspective from how from a, the guy's side. From a guy's side. And then for women, we also need to listen to that because Again, this isn't about men against women or women are better or we need to join and balance. And um, so we need to be open to hearing what men are experiencing as well. Um, And then the last thing is um, we have that if you do any holiday shopping to go to ZenParentingRadio.com, there's an Amazon. If you shop via Amazon, there's an Amazon search box in the lower right hand corner. Type in what you're looking for. 
And then if you end up buying something, it doesn't cost anything extra to you, but BU Inc., which is our company, gets a small cut of it. So it's just kind of like a fundraising effort to help us do what we do, which is try to bring documentaries to the area and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's a big help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, now that we're at Thanksgiving, um, if you need a book for your Thanksgiving trip. Oh, yeah. Um, you have a new book. Yeah, I forgot about uh, that. Living What You Want Your Kids to Learn is out there. You can get it on Amazon. But if you live in the area, in the Chicagoland area, the Daily Method Elmhurst has copies, and so does Tree of Life Chiropractic, um, Dr. Kelly, our partner. So if you just need to pick up a book for your Thanksgiving you know, weekend, go there, and that's easy. Or you can order it on Amazon or kathycadams.com. Um, and I appreciate that. So I'm playing the song for a reason, sweetie. You want to know why? It's the song at the end of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. It is. Paul Young. Yeah, I didn't know that. And you know, John Hughes used a lot of Paul Young songs in 16 Candles, too. I didn't know that either. Yeah. There's a lot of things I don't know. John Hughes. He's a mastermind. He is. He's such, I find him more interesting now than I ever have. Um, So do you have any words of wisdom, sweetie? Just to be... Just to practice gratitude this week, that's what it's all about, Um, to recognize what's working, to put on your rose-colored glasses, and don't think they're false. They are... That is that lives inside of you just as much as the worry and the fear, and that you just have to decide how you're going to see things. And um, if you can practice that, it becomes a lot easier and a lot more natural. I'll sum that up by just saying, be cool, man, (laughs) and keep trucking. Adios. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble.